Well, hey there, everyone. We're continuing our series, Made to Thrive, this week. And as you can tell, I'm not in my regular spot. I'm out here in this creek bed. As you can see, it's a dry creek bed right now. Otherwise, I'd not be standing here. But around me, I'm surrounded by this green foliage, this lush green foliage everywhere. In fact, off to my right here, there's a bunch of blackberry brambles and big old blackberries hanging on it. You can see a little bit in the background behind me. I thought I'd come out into a spot that really represents what we're talking about. Uh, just a few weeks ago, there would have been water in this creek flowing. Uh, we are in California and it's the middle of summer and there is a drought. So a lot of our creeks and streams dry up during the summer. But once the snow comes back and there's rainfall, this stream will be flowing again. And all along the, the banks of this stream is all of this, this greenery, all of these oak trees and, uh, and, and, and different variety of maple trees behind me. And of course, the, the, the blackberries that are growing and thriving in this place because there's water that flows in this place. We started talking last week about what it looks like to thrive. What does it mean to thrive? What does thriving look like in our lives? And we talked about the fact that, that, that there's some things that, that we would say, you know, thriving is not the absence of pain or, or challenges in our lives. Thriving doesn't mean that everything is just going perfectly. Because if that were the case, there really wouldn't be anyone who would thrive, who would have that overflow, like Jesus says in John 10, that he's come to give us life and life abundantly, life overflowing. So it's not just that we would have an absence of, of, of painful things or difficult things in our lives. It's how we move through life in the midst of those things. So we talked about the fact that thriving is being Christ-centered, living our lives with Jesus at the center of our lives, knowing that we are loved, that we're known, that we are accepted, that we're forgiven and embracing and receiving our new identity in Christ. And we read out of Psalm 1, and I want to read that passage again as we get started again today. It says this in Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seats of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither and all that he does, he prospers. So again, I'm standing in this stream and I'm surrounded by blackberries that there is water that have flowed in this place. And if you, if you drive through California, you'll see that where there's streams and where there's those stream, stream beds, a lot of those, those, uh, those berries, a lot of those vines will grow in that place. They don't grow out in the middle of a, a dry field. They will grow close to where there is water, to where there is that place where they can draw that life. And so the, just a, a visual representation of that for us today. You know, I want to take a look today at a key aspect of thriving to continue this conversation about what it looks like to thrive in our lives. And my passage today comes out of Matthew 13. Matthew 13, we're going to be looking at verses 10 through 16. And these are the words of Jesus that we're going to be reading today. It's things, these are, these are conversations, we're listening in on a conversation that Jesus had with his disciples. And so we get to learn a little bit today about what Jesus spoke to them. So I want to read this passage to you, Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 10. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? And he replied, because the knowledge of the secret of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, 
but not to them. Whoever has, whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance, and whoever does not, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing they do not see, and no hearing they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are you because, uh, blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For tr truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but do not hear it. I know if you've seen uh, online these videos of people who are colorblind, who get, there's these glasses that they've developed that you can wear now. When you put them on, if you're colorblind, what it does is it helps correct uh, some of the, the issues that cause colorblindness. And there's all kinds of physiological and scientific things that we could delve into. But and essentially, these put these glasses on and, and it helps correct some of that. So people who are colorblind can see color. In fact, take a look at a couple of these videos real quick. It's so amazing, isn't it, to see these folks as they put those glasses on for little ones, men, women, uh, children. It does When they put those glasses on, they see color for the first time. You just see the emotion, how overwhelmed they are, and they just start weeping. There's, there's this whole new world that is open to them. I, in fact, I'm a, a little, uh, I'm red, green, green color, red, green color blind. And uh, maybe you've done uh, one of those Ishihara tests where you've got the dots on, on a page. In fact, here's, here's what it looks like, right? You've got all the dots and then they say, well, what number do you see? And, and you're supposed to pick out what the number is. And for, for a lot of people, you can see that number clearly. For me, when I look at those, especially with the red, green, I can't see that number. I, I can strain, I can squint my eyes, but but I can't see it. And and many of you are the, the same way. And that that's just it's colorblindness. And so you miss out on some of those spectrums. And so in the case of those that put those glasses on, all of a sudden those colors come to life. Well, I believe that when it comes to our relationship with the Lord and how we walk with God, that there are those who suffer from spiritual colorblindness actually 
It's not just there are those. It's all of us. That there are parts of our lives where we suffer from spiritual colorblindness. And this is essentially what Jesus is addressing as he's speaking to the disciple about disciples about why he uses parables. They're coming to him and saying, Jesus, why do you use parables? Why do you use parables when you teach? Why do you use these stories? And that's all the parable is. It's a story that he would tell to illustrate a point, to drive home a point that he was trying to make and make it accessible uh, to the people. And so they, they're asking, why do you use parables? Why do you speak in parables? Well, Jesus answers them and he says, listen, you, you guys, you've seen and you understand something about who I am, but they don't. They don't know what it is that they're missing out on. They don't understand the truths of my kingdom. They don't know who I am. They've not had that revelation. And so, in fact, his words were, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but they've not received that yet. Their eyes haven't been opened. They're suffering from spiritual colorblindness. And so he shares stories to help people see. He shares stories to help people see. And I want you to catch the love of Jesus in this, that he wants to speak to people. He wants to speak to us in a way that helps us understand, that he doesn't leave us out in the cold. He says, I want you to understand the truth about who I am, that the loving, the loving approach he had in sharing those parables. And as he speaks to them, he, speaking to the disciples, he quotes Isaiah, and he, and he talks about this passage where Isaiah says, and it's a prophetic word from the Lord. So essentially God is saying that the people would be ever seeing, or they, they, they see, but they do not uh, understand. Those seeing, they do not see. Those hearing, they do not hear. So they have the ability to see, but they don't see. They have the ability to hear, but they don't understand. And, and he says that their hearts have become callous. Their hearts have become calloused. And because of that, Jesus says that, that there's, this, this, there's this place in them that cannot receive. They're calloused. And, and because they don't see, because they don't hear, because they don't understand, that their hearts don't turn to him. That their hearts don't turn to God and say, God, I want what you have for me. See, if it were not that way, if their hearts were soft before the Lord, they would turn to him, as Isaiah said, and that he would heal them, that he would bring restoration in their lives. So, so here's essentially what Jesus is saying. They can see the dots, but they can't see the numbers. They can see the dots, that they, they had the framework of religion. They have the framework of a faith system. But when it came to being able to discern the kingdom of heaven, they couldn't see the numbers. They couldn't see the truth. They didn't recognize who Jesus was. And just like those people who would put on those glasses and all of a sudden be able to see those colors, what Jesus brought in the way that he lived and the way that he taught as, as truth became flesh, as the, the word became flesh, as John writes earlier in his in his. Uh, in his gospel, he says that the word became flesh, that Jesus, the truth, the, 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 the way, the truth, and the life became flesh. And he, he made himself known so that we would be able to differentiate, be able, be able to see the truth of his kingdom. This is what Jesus did. He made the, the numbers appear for us. He made the numbers and the understanding of who he is come to life. In biblical terms and theological terms, we call that a revelation. 
In order to be saved, we need to have a revelation of who Jesus is. And we daily, throughout our lifetime, as we walk with him, continue to receive revelations of who God is, his awesomeness, his majesty, his power, his love, his grace, his mercy, and all of these things that our eyes need to be opened to who he is. See, we can get tunnel vision. We can get so focused. We can get so stuck and set in our ways. The same way that the Israelites did, the people that Jesus was addressing with parables, his desire is that they would learn to see with fresh eyes, with new eyes, with eyes that were opened by the Spirit. And we suffer from the same condition. We can get stuck. So when it comes to thriving, when it comes to us living lives that thrive, it has to really start at this point where we have not just a revelation, but an ongoing revelation of who God is, that we would recover from our spiritual colorblindness, that we would move beyond seeing the dots, and that we would see what was hidden behind, behind that, that we would see the numbers, that we would see Jesus, that we would see who he is and what he has for our lives. See, we begin to perceive with the help of the Holy Spirit. And as we do, we turn. In fact, Jesus says, as he quotes Isaiah, he says this, that, that if their hearts were, were soft, if their eyes were open to see and their ears were open to hear and their hearts were tender, what would happen is that they would turn. And he uses that word turn, that they would turn and in that turning, that they would be saved, that they would be healed, that they would be made whole. And that turning is such a key and critical point for us. It's such a key point for us. See, we have to have a, a heart that is soft before the Lord. We need to have eyes that see and ears that hear and hearts that are humble and soft before the Lord. Because as we do, what happens is as we at the Spirit's prompting, we gain a revelation of who Jesus is. And, and through that revelation, the soil of our hearts is soft to receive. And we come to a place of turning. We come to a place of repentance. And repentance is an ongoing process in our walk with Jesus. It's the softening of the soil of our hearts. In fact, right after Jesus shares and says to the disciples, here's why it's speaking parables, he actually goes on to share the parable of the sower. And that's what I want to finish with as we, as we have this conversation today. Matthew 13, going on in verse 18, so we'll pick it back up. Uh, he says this, on the heels of what he's just said about seeing and hearing, this is the parable that he shares. He says, listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is a seed that was sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word. But the, the worries of this life and this, the deceitfulness of the wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed that falls on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, and thirty times what was sown. 
So, so Jesus here is speaking about these different kinds of seed. In fact, this is the parable that he was sharing uh, before the disciples asked him, why, why do you speak in parables? Why are you talking about farming, Jesus? What does that have to do with the kingdom? And so Jesus unpacks this for them more fully. Catch the little nuance here, though, because he says to them, you guys understand. And then he still has to explain it even further. I think there's times where we go, yeah, 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 I get it. I get it. And Jesus goes, that's great. But let me, let's go a little further. Let me unpack it even more. This is why we can read a passage of Scripture and go, wow, that's so powerful. And then we can come back to that same passage over and over. And there's a deeper revelation that is unlocked because of the depth of the kingdom of God. And so Jesus talks about the different, the different kinds of soil, the, the rocky soil, the, the soil where there's, there's the, the thorns and, and, and the thistles and, uh, and, and the things that choke out uh, the seed, the, the word of, of God. And, um, you know, there's the, the, the soil, that, the, the seed that falls amongst the rocks and it finds no place to take root. In fact, as you look around me here, everything that's green and growing came from a seed at some point. Whether it's the grass or the blackberries or the oak trees, it started out at some point as a seed. It found good soil. And if in that soil it germinated and it started sprouting, put down roots, grew, and, and ultimately produced fruit, it became, it became the, the plant that, that is standing here today. And this, and this is the principle that Jesus is talking about, that seed has to have the right condition to take root and produce a harvest. So when it comes to thriving in our lives, when it comes to understanding what it means to thrive, we have to have a revelation of who God is, which comes through the seed that is sown into our hearts. But our hearts, as Isaiah said, need to be receptive. Our hearts need to turn to him. Our hearts need to look to him. See, he said they had calloused hearts, they had hard hearts. Our hearts need to be softened. The soil of our hearts need to be softened so we can receive the truth of who Jesus is. We need to have that revelation. And as we do that, that seed will take root in our lives. See, the seed that falls on good soil uh, falls on a heart that is receptive. The seed that falls on good soil falls on a heart that is repentant, as we've already talked about. The seed that falls on good soil is the the seed that falls in a heart that is humble. The seed that falls in good soil falls on the heart that has, a, had a, has had a revelation of who Jesus is. We need to see Jesus. Thriving begins with a revelation of who Jesus is. A revelation that happens over and over and over that we come to know him. And that first revelation is the place where we put our faith in him and that we are saved. But beyond that, daily, that we would have a fresher revelation of who he is, that we would see, that we would hear, that our hearts would be softened and that we would receive from him, that we would know the truth, that we would know Jesus. Church, that's thriving. That's what it means to thrive. See, thriving happens when we know God, when we know who God is. In fact, that's one of our keystones at Thrive in our mission statement, that we thrive and we help people thrive by knowing God, growing as disciples, serving like Jesus and going into all the world. But that first one that we need to know God, not know about him. This isn't knowledge-based. 
See, you can see the dots. You can see the dots and miss the number. You can see Christianity. You can see Jesus as the people who were around him. They saw him and even still missed the revelation. And so we have to do the work in our hearts to say, God, would you soften my heart? God, would you keep me repentant? God, would you keep me in a place where I'm ready to receive from you? Would you remove the rocks? Would you turn over the soil so that the seed has a good place to fall? And as we do that, as we walk with that posture that God will deposit seed after seed after seed, truth after truth after truth, And as it finds that good soil in our hearts, it will take root, it will grow, and it will produce a harvest. And that's what we read out of Psalm 1. That person that is planted by streams of living water will produce abundantly in its season. That's what Jesus calls us to. But he calls us first to humble ourselves before him. That our hearts would not be callous, that our hearts would be soft, and that we would see him, that we would know him, that we would know him personally, that we would move beyond information and that we would move into intimacy with him, that we would respond fully. So let me ask you today, are there areas of your life and your faith where maybe you've become spiritually colorblind, where maybe you're seeing the dots but missing the number? where you're seeing the shape, where you're seeing the structure, but missing that fresh fresh revelation. See, it's not about performance. It's not about working harder. And, and so many systems and structures and, 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 and religious uh, push in the world today is this. Just work harder. Work your way closer to God. But with our Heavenly Father, with Yahweh, it's not that way. What he says is, would you humble yourself? Would you humble yourself? Would you allow me to open your eyes and open your ears? Would you allow your heart to be softened so I can do a work? Jesus loves you so much and he wants to reveal himself to you and he will go to great lengths. He will share stories. He will give you dreams and visions. He's given you his word. He's given you his spirit. He's, He's given you people, other believers that can walk with you. Would you open your heart to receive Would you soften your heart before him to receive that seed so that you can have a fresh revelation of who Jesus is? I'd love to pray with you today. Jesus, I thank you that you make yourself known, that your desire is to make yourself known to us, that we would see you. Lord, we don't want to be guilty of of having sight but not seeing, having hearing and not understanding. Help us, Lord, to move beyond those things, Lord, the spiritual color blindness that would keep us from fully understanding who you are. Lord, we want to have a fresh revelation of who you are. We want to know you. We want to know you deeply and intimately. And we thank you that as we do, Lord, that we will truly, truly thrive. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a blessed week praying for you this week. If you do have any prayer requests, please let us know. You can email us at prayer at thriveclandora.org and we'd love to pray with you. Be blessed as you go.